0: Um, this semester we 're going to be looking at the uh, the book of, of revelation. I feel like as soon as I say that we 're doing uh, the book of revelation i 've also kind of have to have to defend that a little bit there 's a lot of, a lot of different things that we think and it 's like why would we even touch a book like that and well, the year 2012, is coming up and, you know, the, the minds, the minds had to know something. Um, it's not that, I'm not afraid that you're going to be uh, left behind, um, I'm not, uh, um, I don't feel like I've been in Revelation so much, but I've figured out the puzzle and, you know, I don't know that you're going to get four more years of college for your freshmen. I mean, really, you need to focus on Revelation. I don't know that it'll last that long, right? Um, uh, really, uh, honestly, Revelation is probably uh, probably my favorite book in the Bible, or one of my favorite books in the Bible. Um, there's so much encouragement that it brings to us. Uh, just showing us the big picture uh, of all that God's doing and how we, how we fit into it. There's a lot of, um, a lot of hope there uh, for us. Um, and I hope it will be an encouragement uh, to you uh, this semester, encouragement to us at, at Florida State. Um, let me read Revelation uh, chapter 1. I hear the word of God. The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show his servants the things that must soon take place. He made it known by sending his angel to his servant John, who bore witness to the word of God and to the testimony of Jesus Christ, even to all that he saw. Blessed is the one who reads To Him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by His blood and made us a kingdom and priest to His God and Father, to Him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Behold, He is coming with the cloud, and every eye will see Him, even those who pierce Him. And all the tribes of the earth will wail on account of Him. Even so, amen. I am the Alpha... And the Omega, says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. I, John, your brother and partner in the tribulation and the kingdom and the patient endurance that are in Jesus, was on the island called Patmos on account of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus. I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day, and I heard behind me a loud voice like a trumpet saying, Write what you see in a book and send it to the seven churches, to Ephesus, to Smyrna, and to Pergamum, and to Thyatira, and to Sardis, and to Philadelphia, and to Laodicea. Then I turned to see the voice that was speaking to me, and on turning I saw seven golden lampstands. And in the middle of the lampstands, one like the Son of Man, clothed with a long robe and with a golden sash around his chest. When I saw him, I fell at his feet as though dead. But he laid his right hand on me, saying, Fear not, I am the first and the last in the living one. I died, and behold, I am alive forevermore, and I have the keys of death and Hades. Write, therefore, the things that you have seen, those that are, those that are to take place after this, as for the mystery of the seven stars, as you saw on my right hand, and the seven golden lampstands, the seven stars are the seven angels, and the angels are the seven churches. And the seven lampstands are the seven churches. Right, the word of the Lord. Let's, let's pray and ask God's blessing in our time together as we look at this. Uh, Lord our God, we. Thank you that you have revealed Jesus Christ to us, that you have spoken to us, that you tell us that you continue to speak in your word. Lord, we come tonight with a whole, uh, whole flurry of different things going on at the start of a semester. Um, uh, we come in the busyness, we come uh, with, with pain that are going on in our life, we come with excitement and from many different places, um, Lord, with guilt, uh, with shame, with confusion and doubts. And we thank you that you say that in whatever place we are, that we are able uh, to come to you and we're able to hear from you. Uh, Lord, we pray um, that we would be, uh, be encouraged tonight, that we would hear uh, from your word, be, uh, be built up, that we would be transformed. Lord, as you promise that your word doesn't return uh, to you void, um, we pray that it would accomplish in us the purposes uh, that you have for us. So I pray that you would help me to uh, speak uh, clearly and boldly, not from me, but to speak your truth, uh, that you would use it uh, to uh, transform us and to, for us to live uh, for your glory and for your kingdom. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Well, do you ever uh, wake up in the morning and wonder how the day going to turn out, right? Is it going to be a good day? Is it going to be a bad day? Uh, what, what things do you need prepared, to be prepared for? What's going to happen? Who are you going to meet up with? Uh, what quiz did you not know about in your class that the professor is going to drop out on you or some assignment that you're supposed to do? Or since you're in Tallahassee, is it, is it going to rain again today? Like it looks sunshiny outside, but do I need to bring the umbrella anyway? Because it's going to be the 15 minutes you have to give from one place to another. Um, <clears throat> it's going to pour just for those 15 minutes. Um, I mean, it would really help if you could know at the beginning of the day um, how the how the whole thing was going to go. Uh, maybe wonder a little more broadly than that how the semesters going to go for you or how the whole of college experience is going to go. Um, if you're new, you're wondering, am I going to like it? Um, who am I going to meet? Who are the people I'm going to hang out with? Who are the people that I'm really going to connect with? It would be great if you could know that, really spend your time with them. Um, uh, checking, checking everything out, figuring out how it goes. Um, all of us are wondering, uh, Sam apparently more than others, how the Seminoles are going to do this year. I think it's going to be all right with Stanford. <laughs> I'm confident there. Um, well, it's fun to know, it. It'd be, me if we could know at the beginning of the semester, like that Jimbo Fisher taking the Seminoles out in the field, like this is going to be the year the domination uh, reestablishes itself, right? And you're like, I'm going to be at every game. I'm buying tickets to the away game if we, if we know how it's going to end up, right? Um, it can save us a lot of, uh, a lot of stress. Heartache uh, motivate us if we knew uh, how it was going to go. If you knew what your major would be by the time you get to be a senior, um, right? Or, or relationships that you're in, or, or what job you might have prospects of. Um, one of the most foundational questions uh, that we ask um, is, where are we going? Uh, where are we going? And not just you're driving around Tallahassee and none of the roads go straight, and you took the wrong turn. And you're like, where am I? And where am I going? Um, but in a deep, uh, foundational way, uh, where are we going? And and the way that we an- the answer that we give uh, to that question has an immediate impact on the present, has an immediate impact on how we live uh, right now, day to day, and what we're doing. There's a lot of different answers uh, that are given to the question, uh, where are you going? You know, there's the uh, maybe spiritual answer that we kind of, you know, after death you just return into the uh, oneness of the universe. Um, and I'm not really sure what that means, but um, materialist answer uh, that, listen, you die and, and that's it. Um, your body decomposes. Uh, Life is is all there is, and it has immediate relevance to how you live now. If this is all that there is, uh, make the most of it. Um, This is what you've got. There's the, you know, karma, reincarnation uh, view on the other hand that says how you live in the present life uh, determines what what your future life is going to be like, what you're reincarnated as or or what you you go through in the future. Or strange strange things like that we become angels or that we end up being a star after you die or play the harp forever or or what have you. Um, Listen, when we come to the book of Revelation, uh, Revelation portrays the Bible's answer to that question, the Bible's answer to uh, where we're going. And it presents uh, a vision that I think we'll find is more compelling than any other, Uh, more compelling because it presents a vision of Jesus Christ. For a vision of him uh, reigning in his glory, uh, Jesus is the coming king who was and who is, who is to come. Um, reigning amid all the chaos, all the struggle, all the pain uh, that we're going through, but still building uh, his kingdom. Uh, Jesus who will return. Who will return to, to rectify all the things that have gone wrong. Uh, return to heal. Return to make all things right. A new and beautiful uh, fraternity. So hopefully as we go through the book of Revelation, you'll see some of Revelation's answer to that question of where we're going. They believe in Glimpse tonight, some of the vision that it gives uh, of where we're going. But how do you answer that question? And how does the way, you're li- how does the way that you live now uh, uh, fit with that question? If where we're going uh, dictates how we're living right now, what is it that you believe about where your life is going? What does the things that you're doing uh, reflect? Well, the first uh, first three verses, we kind of go through uh, some of the things uh, in this passage. The first three verses tell you really kind of what the book of Revelation is and how you should approach it, which is pretty helpful. When we come to a book like Revelation, we're like, I'm not sure what we should do with some of these things uh, in here. The first three verses are telling you what the book is. It's a, it's a message from the coming king. It's a revelation of Jesus Christ. And really a lot is claimed about this book, a lot of good for us. Uh, most of you are already getting your classes uh, figured out, so if you still have some drop ads left, uh, left to go, or if you've already made a whole bunch of them, um, but of but you've got some hard classes lined up on your schedule. You, you've looked at the syllabi and seen all the different papers and things you have to read. You've been to the bookstore and carried like a stack of books like out, and you're like hoping someone will help you back to your car your dorm room, uh, and, and you're kind of worried what all is what coming there. And, and you know you may have also there's always those rumors that uh that certain organization have have the the books that you really need, right? Not the books that you can buy in the bookstore, but kind of the secret uh, notebook or whatever uh, that you really need. These collected notes from all the past years, with kind of teacher profiles, uh, quizzes that they've given in the past, tests that they've given in the past that can just uh, streamline the learning process, right? Uh, You can figure out what you actually need to to read or look at or know uh, for the test and learn it more clearly, uh, simply, and most importantly, in less time with more ease, Um, but those notebooks, if you could could get a hand on one of those, right, um, they're going to get you through the class, get you through it with flying colors. You don't need to worry about it uh, anymore. Um, I don't know what all rumors you've heard, but RUF doesn't have any of those uh, notebooks. (laughs) That's why you're here. I'm sorry. Um, But a whole lot more is claimed for the book of Revelation, not that it can get you through some class at FSU, um, but it can get you through life. I can get you through eternity of what, of what God's doing in his kingdom. Um, I love what, what Revelation says on verse 3. Blessed is the one who reads aloud the words of this prophecy, and blessed are those who hear. Um, really, that's the real reason I'm doing Revelation. I saw right, there's a blessing. If you read it aloud, I'll get to read it aloud to you. Okay, this should work out good for me, right? And it works out good for you because you get to, get to hear it. Um, but but really, I want I want us to be able to experience this blessing. It's a real promise, dear. Um, honestly, one of the um, one of the most encouraging uh, spiritual experiences that I've had was um, one like afternoon one summer in college, just just sitting down and reading through reading through the whole Book of Revelation um, in an afternoon and. So there's all kinds of stuff that I didn't know what to do with, but I was just trying to read through the whole book. So I said, the stuff that I don't know, I'm not going to know, and I'm just going to read through it. Um, and, and the big picture of what Revelation is describing, God gripped me, got a hold of me, to see, to see it like, the, like you just get a picture of the glory of what God is doing and how we get to be a part of it. Um, that's what, there's a the blessing that Revelation is offering to us that way that I want you to experience. Um, but at the same time, there's a lot of reasons that people are, are hesitant um, about open revelation. It doesn't feel like it's going to be a blessing. You're like, what you I'm not going to say it's going to be a curse. But it's just going to lead me into confusion all the time, right? Well, what, is, what are the two witnesses and the beast and which dragon and, like, you know, all these things. Like, what, what's going on? Um, there's things that are difficult other things that people have made difficult. Um, but, you know, if, you, if you've got a book that's got uh, dragons and a beast and a prostitute and a, and a bride and a bottomless pit, you're like, um, how does this relate to, to where I'm living? Right? It can be, can be hard to figure out. Um, Revelation is not a puzzle book for, like, the best theologians to be able to kind of figure out, right? Whoever's written the biggest commentary that most people agree with, that's what you should go with. That's not what Revelation says about itself. Um, look at what it says in verse 1. Who's Revelation 4? As John's writing, uh, as God's inspiring His word for who Revelation is for, it's the of Jesus Christ, which God gave Him to show who? To show His servants. It's pretty broad. right? It's, so, so the things in Revelation pertain to uh, people that want to follow Jesus, it's that broad. So if we start saying no, it's, it's actually for our exact time that no one else would have known anything for. Uh, all right, We know that we've missed out on Revelation because it applied to the people it was written to uh, originally, to the people in those uh, churches in Asia Minor, uh, and it applies to people today, and it applies to the people that are, that are coming after us. Um, it's for uh, his servants. Jesus has written it for our good and for our blessing. Um, and still you can see who Revelation is from. And it claims a lot about itself. It claims divine authority. Um, this book is, is given uh, by God through, through Christ. And it's the greeting there in, uh, in verse 4 is, is from the triune God, uh, you can say. Says, as Scripture says about itself, broadly applies to the book of Revelation. It's the word of God. It's breathed out by God which means it's for our life it's profitable uh, for us uh, to equip us for every good work you need the book of Revelation this way there's a blessing uh, to us from it Um, a blessing because it shows us Jesus it shows us Jesus as reigning king for us now and reigning king who is coming and making all things right Um, it's a blessing because it shows us what, what must Uh, soon take place and what must continue to take place uh, for a while. In essence, it tells us uh, where we're going and how that matters for right now. Uh, The prophecies that were once far off are from the time of of Christ's ascension to the time of his return, I assume they're applicable to us now in the immediate and for the future. Right, so if you could get your hands on one of those kind of secret notebooks uh, for some, for your hardest class that you're in, uh, you would go for it. Um, here's, a, here's a public uh, book that God has written open uh, for all to hear. I have reasons that we avoid it. Uh, but the blessing is promised. It's a message uh, from the coming and reigning king showing us where things are going. But, but why would you want to hear from, from this particular king anyway, right? And you're saying, okay, that's, that's fine for some people. This is where they believe it. That's where they fit. But why would you want to hear from this king? So move to our second point. First uh, message uh, from the coming king. Uh, secondly, relationship to the coming king. Verses 4 to 8. Um, if you got a call uh, from, the, from the President of the United States of America, get you your cell phone number either and he called you up, um, it would be awesome, right? You, you would be in here and everyone you would talk to, you'd be like, dude, the president called me, right? But, so there might be some reason that he would call to say, something, to say something to you, you know, like, I'm thrilled that you're at FSU, do a great job, we're behind you, right? Um, but the president called like Bobby Bowden after a national championship, you know, when Bill Clinton called Bobby Bowden, all these things. But if you got a call from the, from the president, it, it, would be, it would be awesome, you'd be talking about it. Um, on the other hand, if you got a call from the, uh, from the president of Lithuania, you'd still be talking about it. It'd be kind of cool. But you will be like, where's Lithuania anyway? <laughs> uh, what's going on there? What, what did it have to do with me? Um, not, my, not my friend. There's no relationship there. Jesus here claims to be your king. Um, now, whether your allegiance is with Jesus or not, uh, Jesus claims to be your king. He claims to be everyone's king. He claims to be the, the, Lord, of, the Lord of the universe of, of eternity. Or as uh, you see at the end of, uh, or halfway through verse 5, the ruler of the kings of the earth. So if you're under any, under any governmental rule, well, they're under Jesus. Uh, and you're under Jesus. He's claiming that he is the ultimate ruler, the ultimate king. Everyone that you know, the one that you walk by uh, on this campus, uh, Christ is king. Whether our allegiance is there or not. And so what Jesus says is significant to us because there's a relationship. Um, you may not have voted for Obama. You might not like Obama. But he's your president. The decisions he makes uh, get to affect you. Um, Jesus claims to be your king, king for everyone. You have a relationship with him. It going to be a dangerous relationship. Um, scriptures is uh, very clear um, that, uh, that Jesus will return to judge. Uh, right? so he's a good king, but we're not really a, a good people. In uh, verse 7 it says, uh, uh, it says, Behold, he's coming with the clouds. Every eye will see him, even those who pierce him. And all the tribes on the earth will wail on account of him. Here, every every eye is going to be uh, confronted with Jesus, Um, and he's just, and we'll see that we're guilty, Um, that in a sense we're even guilty of of his death. We crucify the Lord of glory. Um, It can be a dangerous relationship. So what then? Does Jesus just kind of uh, pick the people that do the things that he likes and reject the people that do, do the things that he doesn't like? Uh, he's king, he's going to judge. If you do some of the things I like, good, I like you too. And if not, you're, you're out, sorry. Um, his, his justice isn't petty. Um, his justice is deep, according to Scripture. It's not petty. Um, what, is, what does the pastor say about the kind of relationship we can have uh, with this king? It doesn't have to be dangerous. Uh, you look halfway through uh, verse 5, um, to him who loves us and has freed us from our sin by his blood, and made us a kingdom and priest to his God and Father. Um, he offers a relationship with sinners. I was just say he offers a relationship with people who've missed the mark, um, which is all of us. Um, but listen to that way that John uh, we see that in the way that John describes Christ. It's the good news of the gospel. Uh, Jesus is the coming king uh, who loves us. Uh, it's a glorious way that it is here for It's praising the one who would love us. We're, we're here in our sin. We've messed up. We haven't done everything that we're supposed to do. We're trying to hide that. We're guilty from it. But here's the king coming. He's judged. But it's the one who loves us. Knowing our sin. Covering it. One who loves us. Uh, not just likes us, not just puts up with us, not just willing to be Facebook friends with us, but rather would rather kind of stay away. Um, he loves us. And, and all of us deeply want to be loved. Um, and as much as we want to be loved, it's also hard to believe that we are. It's one of our just constant struggles daily, everyone I know. We, we want to be loved, but, but it's, it's hard to believe that someone else uh, actually loves us. Um, all the, all the different things that we try to do to get people to love us, uh, right? Especially, especially beginning of a beginning of school year, things you'll say about yourself, where way you present yourself or who you talk to. You, you want people to like you. Um, you want them to, to want to be around you. Uh, the, all the insecurities that we have. And, and it seems that the more we realize our own imperfection, uh, the, the more we realize our own imperfection and struggle, uh, the harder it is to believe that anyone can love us. Um, here's a relationship of love that's uh, not conditioned at all on, on what we've uh, done. Uh, it's not conditioned on our goodness. It's not conditioned on our beauty. Um, listen, I, I, I don't want people uh, to like me because they think that I'm great. And I want people to like me for pretty much any reason that people will like me. Um, I really don't want people to like me to think that because they think that I'm great because eventually like, that's just gonna crash and burn. right? Uh, You're going to figure out, no, he's really not. Um, (laughs) I hope that moment doesn't come (laughs) for you. But but if it's grounded there, um, it's going to crash. I want people to see how messed up my life is and still be willing to embrace me and be around me and care for me. That's the kind of love that we long for deeply. This is the love of the king that we're praising, the coming uh, king that the passage is describing for us. Um, Romans five eight that says God shows His love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us, and in His love He's freed us from our sins by His blood. Listen, this is the King who's rescued us, who's given us our liberty, our our, our liberator. Instead of treating us how our sins deserve, He took the blame. He was punished for. He went down, uh, it, or, or you could say instead of leaving us to kind of the addiction of our, uh, of our bad choices, we're freed from this, right? Instead of leaving us to the addiction of our bad choices and kind of letting us live it on out, he gave us a way out. He went and took the path from where we were going so uh, that we could have a new life. Uh, he bled out so that we could live out eternity with him. And for this king, we have purpose and value because so he made us into a kingdom and priest uh, to, to, uh, to his God, uh, our Father. Um, we're, we're, we are where Jesus is exercising his rule. We become uh, his kingdom, showing his greatness, because he desires to have a relationship with us. It doesn't have to be a dangerous relationship. and We don't work our way out of it. He is a God who shows love and frees us from our sins. As the passage goes on, we see even the, the intensity of the relationship. Um, thirdly, with the encounter with the, with the coming king, verses 9 through 20, you begin to get this uh, vivid description and a lot of revelation is this way. It, it appeals to the, to the imagination. Uh, it, it should spark for you. you know, as you hear it, your, your mind should be uh, taking in these things, hearing it, uh, picturing it. Uh, uh, even. Uh, there's an encounter with the coming king. John, who's, who's persecuted, who's been exiled to this island uh, somewhere uh, because of the gospel, is given a vision of Jesus It's amazing uh, that Jesus has given uh, for us. Uh, this time of year, you get, to, you get to meet lots of new people. Um, it's really a lot of fun. It's hard to keep up with everybody's names, but you get to meet people different places, different stories, different things going on with them. Um, it's it's, it's fun, but then it's also kind of you know, nervous. You're like, am I going to remember their name uh, next time? And and what are they going to what are they going to think of me? Or yeah, especially if you were to go meet your professor, because yeah, you, know, you should always try to go. I, don't, I never did this, but you should, like, meet your professor after class where they set up office hours, and they're lonely and bored um, in their office hours because no one ever comes. But if you show up and you're like, oh, I'm in your class, and I just wanted to, you know, you're like, you're introducing yourself to them. It's great, but the more important the person is, the more you're kind of uh, wanting to make a good impression, right? Um, what do you think it would be like to, to meet with Jesus? Uh, to be able to to meet Jesus, maybe you're gonna shake hands. You're going to hang out. You're going to ask questions uh, for a while. Um, what we see for John is it's overwhelming. Uh, it's absolutely overwhelming. And this is what you see not just here, uh, but all through the Old Testament. Um, Daniel, Ezekiel, Isaiah, same same type of response. Would <clears throat> you see it in, uh, in verse 17? John sees Jesus. He's there. Uh, meets Jesus, and I uh, says, "When I saw him." I fell at his feet, as though dead. It's overwhelming, right? Um, Not exactly the first impression uh, that you're hoping to make, right? Like, huh? I really, like, it's there. Um, It's it's overpowering. uh, uh, literally he's stunned at the sight of him. He's, he's unable uh, to move. And if you, if you let your mind kind of hear the vivid descriptions uh, and what, it, what your imagination think what it'd be like, I mean, the sound itself is going to startle you. Um, uh, a voice uh, behind him like a trumpet, right? Have you, have you gotten to hear the marching cheats practice uh, yet? Uh, imagine if you're a little bit closer to that. Uh, the trumpet sounds blasts at you. You're, you're startled. Um, later described as the as the voice of many waters, so the, the, the roar, like being near a waterfall. Um, I went camping one time we decided to camp near a waterfall. It seemed kind of like a good idea because there would be water there. And like all evening we could not hear one another like across the fire. Uh, trying to, there's just nothing else that you can hear when there's something that loud. It's starting, it's taking up everything uh, that you hear. It's overloading uh, your senses. Uh, speaks of him wearing the robe and the golden belt and the sash and the white hair. Um, and there's really so much more to this. You can go back to Daniel uh, 10 and see it's the same picture. And part of what's being done here is that the one who's been prophesied, here uh, here he is reigning uh, now for us um, after, after his resurrection or fulfillment of, of Daniel's prophecy and, and continuing the things of it. And notice how you can't even hold... Uh, he can't even hold his gaze, right? It's an amazing thing. He's describing, describing his hair, and then it says, uh, his eyes like flames of fire, his feet, right? And he's looking at his eyes, but he can't hold his gaze down to his feet, um, like burnished, burnished bronze. Even, uh, he even says, uh, his, his face was like the sun shining in full strength. He can't look the sun it's overwhelming to our senses, overwhelming to our eyes. An encounter with Jesus is no small thing. It leaves us undone. I hope through Revelation you'll have an encounter with Jesus because of, because of what he goes on to say. It's, it's overwhelming to John, but, but Jesus also uh, encourages him as well as commissions him. So Jesus' glory is overwhelming. Uh, how does Jesus relate to him? John falls down dead. Um, I mean, if, if you can come to meet your professor and you just like fall out because you're nervous, uh, they might be nice to you, but, but you know, it's not going to be the impression you want to make, right? Um, he comes to him and lays his right hand on him. Uh, fear not. He, he sees the immensity of his power, but Jesus' power isn't coming against him, uh, before him, for uh, his people. Uh, fear not. I'm first and the last, the beginning uh, and the end I'm the firstborn. Uh, um, <clears throat> I'm the living one. I died, and behold, I'm alive forevermore. And I have the de- the keys uh, to death and Hades. Uh, everything about all about uh, everything is all about Him. He's He's raised to life for our salvation. Powerful even over death and judgment. So while He's the one uh, <clears throat> who rules and could destroy, He's the one who came out uh, to rescue and to save. Um, So there's confidence for us. There's confidence for Christ's servants. The powerful, uh, glorious king who the sight of him or the sound of his words is overwhelming is our king. What can can stand up against us? This gracious uh, king that reaches out to the stunned and the powerless is the one who shows our grace to us. Um, And notice where he stands. As John looks around in his vision. That is where Jesus is and what he's concerned with. There he is in the middle of the lampstands. In the middle of the church. In the middle of his people. It's people who are hurting. you will see in the next two chapters. Who are struggling. Some are struggling to believe. Some are giving up the faith. Some are becoming complacent. Um, some, are, some are fighting it out and don't know if they can make it. He's there in the middle of them. He is with His people. He is with you. If um, so you come, come to FSU, first time, new semester, been here for a while, um, the encouragement is that Jesus is here with you. Uh, Jesus is taking care of His people. Uh, Jesus, in all His power and glory and grace, uh, Jesus is with you uh, to bring you where He's taking us as the reigning and coming King. In um, in my ninth grade uh, English uh, class, as I remember it, with Mrs. Biggs. It was uh, my first year, first year in high school. And she made us, uh, we had to do a project, English project kind of creative uh, thing. It was supposed to be a folder. And some things were poems. And some things were supposed to clip out uh, like pictures to represent things. And and one of the pages that we had to do was uh, What You're Afraid of. Right, uh, one of the things you're afraid of, which which is a ninth grade guy. I don't know what you're going to put there anyway, because um, you don't want to admit anything. But, but I how to do this thing, and one of the things was what you're afraid of, and I'm not sure what it says my about my life. Um, but but what I put there was uh, was boredom. I still remember it. I thought it was That's uh, what I thought. That's what I thought. And, that's what I thought. Um, and, and right, you should. That sounds a little bit weird, right? Like, come on! If if there's just nothing on TV, like you shouldn't be freaked out and afraid, right? It's not going to get you. Um, and, uh, and and I meant more than just always being able to watch a good movie or always having uh, interesting conversation uh, and good friends, or um, or always being able to do exciting things. Uh, more what I was afraid of, and and can still have those worries of it. Being, being afraid of having no purpose. I'm afraid of having having no meaning uh, for my life. Um be afraid of just being aimless. Living my life from one thing to another and what's the point of it all? I was afraid that life wasn't going anywhere. Um, if we're if we're not going somewhere, if there's if if there's no 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 answer to that question, where are we going? Everything is Life is boring. It may it may occupy our attention for a while, um, but but then nothing. Right? There's no plot. Um, it was all just a bunch of busyness, and then and that was it. Um, it was all just wasting time. As I can say this, if there's one thing that Revelation is not, um, it's not boring. Um, it's not boring and answering the question, uh, "Where are we going?" Revelation uh, draws us into the great drama of, of all of history, of all that God has been doing, and it gives uh, meaning and excitement and thrill and life because of what God's doing. So, revelation is, uh, if you will, revelation is epic. Uh, it is the height of what it means for something uh, to be epic. With all the height of the, the drama, uh, the excitement, the significance, the plot twist, the disasters, uh, rescues, struggles, uh, culmination, the finality, the triumph, uh, the satisfaction, uh, it's, it's epic. It's not an abstract story. Um, listen, if, if Revelation is true, then your life is not boring. Because it plays out as part of this grand epic that is what God is doing. And that he gives us a place in it. And Revelation is written so that we can have that sense that this is what we're a part of. And when you're picking out what movie you're going to watch or what you're doing with your free time or, or, or what your major is, it's not boring. It has significance because it's part of where the grand scale of the epic of history plays out. And either it's has been loyalty with this king or it's against him. Uh, it, can, it can advance his cause in the kingdom of Christ, or, or you can be uh, disregarding it. But the king is coming. Uh, he's told you where things are going, he's described the relationship that you can have with him, revealed uh, his overwhelming glory and his grace. And now it's a daily life, and now it's a struggle. The the mundane, as it feels, of going through everything. Uh, But its significance is far greater. Will you listen? Will you follow him? Do you see where we're going? Do you see the the impact uh, on what we're doing now? There's hope in the middle of the struggle because Christ is the reigning king.